0: Welcome to the Healing Happy Hour with Crystal and Vienna, two deeply unserious people exploring serious topics while cackling
1: and sometimes crying. Together, we're learning to push back against the trauma of being a human in the world today through ancient wisdom and practices, modern therapeutic techniques, and anything else that moves the needle towards healing.
0: If you're also sick of tripping over your own bullshit, join us while we create a sanctuary for everyone who is ready to activate the magic in their life.
1: She crazy as hell. It, is she only like that with you?
0: Mostly. She's a little bit like that with Javi. And so it, it never snuggles me. And I'm like, because you literally don't even acknowledge her presence because you're an airside and you can't fucking help it. Anyway. He just, like, he's, oh, hey, Cap. He doesn't, whereas Javi's, like, an animal lover, like, through and through. That's I really love cute.
1: Do the boys miss having doggies around or
0: actually yeah definitely Is more of a cat person so he's very affectionate with diddy enzo really loved talia and he does say every week i miss talili which is what he called her and i'd be like you know but so while he's oh diddy hey what's up but like with talia he like loved talia he's always harass her like as a one-year-old he's like pull her tail and shit i'm like stop it but yeah he loved her
1: that's so cute are you
0: comfortable girlie
1: she looks pretty cozy my no. boys always tell me that when I die, they're going to get a cat. It's not that I don't like cats. I'm just allergic to cats, but.
0: That's a valid reason. Just breathing the dander, mom.
1: They tell me they're like, it's okay that we can't have a cat now, even though we both really love cats and we really want a cat. But when you die, we'll get a cat. I'm like, All right. damn. Thanks, guys.
0: My mom told us she was allergic, but she's not really. She just oh. doesn't like them.
1: Did you have any pets so- growing up?
0: dogs and they were always cocker spaniels actually we had the same cocker spaniel and then i had two more in college like graduate school i had two she just does not like cats like old people oh they're sneaky like they get on piano and everything and i'm like yeah they are but like they're also very sweet and i never thought i'd have a cat but here we are i like that i am a cat i think
1: it's very much your vibe right now
0: a little bitchy a little like
1: like, you have to work for it a little bit and mm-hmm. really pays off.
0: There's some people that can not to hear that message. But anyway, oh my gosh. So I just, I'm like, what day is it? Like, I'm like, where are we in the week? And I haven't even asked, how was your week? Like, the rest of your week last week. What did, what did you do for your healing?
1: Doesn't it feel like the days are just. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened over the past few days. I'm looking at my calendar now to see what I did. We went to see the Eros tour concert on Friday night, (laughs) which was amazing.
0: I love that for you. Incredibly
1: healing. It was a date night. I love that for you. It was. was What
0: did Jimmy Dick? was he like?
1: Okay. He is the OG Swifty in our household. He has been into her since he was, like, in high school, and she was doing country. And oh, my God, Jimmy. I know. He will bring what? that up every time I try to be like, you don't even know. He's, I don't even know. I don't even know who used to drive to school. Was that his crush? He had a crush on her, yes. Oh, I know, and Jimmy. he's always, she was, she's so hot. I can't believe, I'm like, she wasn't my type. Although, now... It's changed a little bit, but yeah, she definitely wasn't right yeah. there. But I, I respect it. Yes, so he was loving it. You lover are in, boy, you're like a speak now boy, and he's oh, no. I'm folklore evermore. Like, that's his era, but I'm like no. You are a pure I, now. For the audience,
0: I don't even know. I remember when she came out and she was country. I remember when Kanye was mean to her. I remember when she milked it for the next thousand years.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop you right there because she actually disappeared for a year and a half and deleted all her socials. And then they came after her. <laughs> but I will say you are uh, a rep era, girly. You're in your reputation era. and
0: Which name. OK, name a song off that album. And I probably know it.
1: That's like the one with all the snake imagery. It's, Ooh, like what you made me do. Yeah. You need to like, I feel like you need to let's look at that. It you need to vibe with it a little bit because that is so you and I, it blows my mind that you are not it's like, called
0: called reputation reputation
1: that was like her like angsty it was a good era
0: Ooh, I, I can't say, i don't know any songs from this album
1: i always say i'm in my reputation era but i'm not if i could tell you to start with I really want you to do Don't Blame Me and Look What You Made Me Do because the transition of those songs in the live version is so good. But also delicate is sweet and soft. And I think you'll like that too. Okay,
0: listen, for you, I will do it for no other reason. Thank you. By the way, I did cackle at the social media posts because when I saw it, I was like, and then I was like, that's fair. It's It's true though.
1: I love that she was like at her own movie of her concert singing along to her rocking out to herself and we should all show ourselves that much self-love i took that as like I'll i like, to say i
0: want to hate on it but that's like absolutely something that i would do. i'm like you i'd know, be like what? oh look at me
1: right good for her i love that for her i need to channel that a little bit and be able to enjoy my successes there and that really is when i listen to our podcast back i'm just like oh my god we're so funny we're so charming i love these girls <laughs>
0: I do feel like we are delightful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was doing Friday night.
1: I know what you were doing. You you told me what you were gonna do, which is why I knew I was safe to be. Oh, <laughs> that's why I knew it was safe to be posting TikToks without your permission. I was
0: like, She's busy. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, that was uneventful. That's disappointing. We'll just discuss offline. But yeah, that's right. Um, but I did cackle when I saw it before bed. I was like, "Oh, girl, you know what? I gotta let you have it, okay?" Because you knew what to do. <laughs> you knew the time frame in which I would be unavailable for commentary. Mm-hmm. But what did I do? Oh, I went to I went to the rum distillery that I often work at. I hadn't been there in a long time. It's on the eastern shore of Maryland in St. Michaels. Shout out to. Uh, went in distilling in line rum and i just was so happy to be there so it's always a happy place for me this is very chill and i don't know how anybody can be mad selling booze yeah so it was just a good time the girl i worked with erica she was awesome and it's fun to get people to taste a whole bunch of stuff and see what they like that so sounds really fun. that was fun for me but i will say i think like just standing for a long time because i'm old and then um, the drive back, was like my hips felt so bad when I got home that I just got in the bed. And I was like, oh, God, help me. Like, I just was old. Why did I think that I could be standing up for hours on end in docks, which are comfortable, but not for hours on end? No, you need to put, put crystal. some, like, insoles in there. Yeah, I, I'm going to need, like, some orthotics or something. But because of that, I just feel like I've been tired. The last few days, and I've been just going to bed very early. I've been dreaming crazy all night, which probably has a lot to do with why I'm so tired. And whenever I get weird like that, I have to start obviously trying to figure out what's up. And so I started writing a lot more in the past few days, oh, and I love just that. pulling a lot more cards because something has been like, hey, Richie you guys something to work out. And
1: yeah, are you a dream analysis person?
0: Big time, because every dream I get, I mean, I can tell the difference between a dream that's like me working out something in my subconscious, and then there I have dreams that are productive in nature, and these are like subconscious dreams that I'm having, but they're like very vivid in the sense that I know I need to be paying attention to some details, and so I'm like waking up in the morning, like grabbing my phone, like trying to write out as much as possible and unpack some of that stuff I'm seeing. So weird.
1: I don't have very many dreams these days When oh, and I do they are so vivid mm-hmm. and I'm just like that's scary I didn't like that even when they're like an okay dream yeah. something about it being vivid really freaks me out because I'm one of those people that I don't have visual I feel like we've talked about this before but I don't see things <laughs> if you tell me to visualize an apple I don't see an apple like it's like inside my brain it, I don't see it so when I have a dream it's really freaky to me because i'm like i don't see things in my waking hours and I but it's like... amazing
0: because it's like a totally different set of eyes that you're viewing it with you know it's like your third eye it's the way your soul sees as opposed to like like human peon brain and there's just so much that our subconscious knows that we don't pick up on in our you know, waking life and it's amazing to me like what comes out in dreams I bet you you have some very, like, strong, intuitive things popping off in your dreams. And I would guarantee, because you are pretty grounded, right, pretty realistic, that's not to say you're not a dreamer or creative, because people always, like, insinuate you have to be one or the other. You, You are very, like, practical, right? I feel like your dreams are probably a place for you. Like, let me show you some wild shit since you're always getting stuff done during. Yeah, there's definitely
1: wild shit in there. There's so much disorganization that comes through in my dreams, which is probably like my biggest fear in like real life. But it's like, I can't find somebody or like that I was supposed to do didn't get done. And now the world is falling apart because of it. And like, it always comes back to me. And a lot of the time in those dreams, like I just can't find somebody or I can't get to somebody fast enough. Or I'm supposed to give somebody a message and I, I can't mm-hmm. get to them. There's so much of that. And I'm just like, yeah, it's because my Virgo self does not like my ADHD brain. And it's like, bitch, get your shit together. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do this anymore. But there's probably something more to it. But also, yeah.
0: There's just, so much it's- symbolism. It's insane. I always have these dreams where like I'll be in an elevator and like I can't get to the fucking floor and trying to get to. A dreams where I go back to school. I have um, like last night. I think it was a combination of like wild shit I was watching before bed and like whatever. But I had a dream that I was like a dignitary of some kind oh. and was like or pretending to be one and ha- and I was like speaking in this British accent. Okay, Cardi. Okay? like right? Why is this party? <laughs> okay, I love fucking love her um i was unhinged like for sure but i was speaking in this british accent and i think i remember like like i know i'm not british but i'm doing it because i need to like infiltrate this place or i need them to believe that it was something weird like i knew i was faking it and i was trying to i was getting ready to be introduced to some people but i could not find my fucking shoes and they were all these shoes it was like a pile of shoes and they were some of them would be the same color but not the same style and it was they were just all messed up and i could not fucking find two shoes that matched for shit
1: wait what does that and mean like,
0: i don't know let's fucking look it up i, I don't I, like mismatched shoes, shoe dream
1: yeah shoes feels like very specific
0: i yeah it's got to i'm gonna look at the first thing that comes up on google because just first time's sake but oh <laughs> that's funny spiritually a dream about wearing mismatched shoes means that you are making some decisions that are not in your best interest best things come in pairs so why we're so by wearing mismatched shoes you may be making some decisions that lead to frustration in the future you may feel uneasy about the relationship you're involved oh jesus
1: christ is that too on point <gasps> oh and shoes in general like what mm-hmm. they represent in a dream what does it say here? No. No. Maybe stepping into new roles, trying on different aspects of your identity. Different shoes might represent different roles that we're taking.
0: So I can see that. The
1: pile of shoes is like all the different roles that you have in your life. And like, how do you bring them together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like nothing went. I couldn't.
1: Seeing shoes and dreams provides insight into our willingness or unwillingness to embrace change. Are there changes that are happening that maybe we're not able to get it together for or not willing to? Does that not? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You're like, fuck this shit. (laughs) Fuck these shoes. Yeah. Fuck all these shoes.
0: Yeah. I can see multiple areas where that would all apply very accurately
1: i hope yeah. you just have really satisfying dreams tonight
0: i do too because some of them are lit though some of them are like what like i do have these dreams that are like they're not recurring the theme isn't recurring but i'm visiting the same place Ooh. and it's not any place i know so i don't i think it's i personally think i'm astral projecting somewhere else I like, like that for you because no dream is the same, but I'm starting to learn the, the, the terrain of this place, and it's so weird. Oh, that's funny. I mean, if I could just get into my metaphysical bag for a second. Oh, my God. That sounds yeah. amazing.
1: Is it? It's What's cool. the vibe of it? Does it feel good? Does it feel scary? It's
0: seaside. It doesn't feel scary anymore because I feel like I've been there so much. And it's like this seaside town that goes from, like, mountains on one end to, like, jungle on the other. It's insane. And part sometimes it feels like it reminds me a little bit of Long Beach, but like nicer. Like, so it's like my brain is like puts together like a certain strip of road and then like I'll have another dream and it'll connect like that strip to another strip. So it's it's
1: like building out the.
0: Yeah. It's the most insane place, like insane thing I've ever experienced. And it's also, I've been dreaming about this place for a solid two, three years. I think. So it just keeps expanding.
1: That's so wild. My main recurring dream is so annoying. It's, it's so fucking annoying because I always have it. And it's – I didn't know until the very last day that I was supposed to that I had signed up for a class. And now it's the final. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know I was taking the class. And I have to take the <laughs> final. They're not letting me not do it. They're like, no, you have to take the final. I'm like, but oh I didn't God. do anything. Well, I was supposed to withdraw from this class. I submitted the paperwork to withdraw. I didn't even know I signed up. That's for- so
0: frustrating.
1: And I'm just like, I haven't even been in school for how long? Like, i should- Are you waking up
0: like frustrated beyond measure? Like,
1: Yeah, I wake fuck? up like in a panic. But I'm just like, this is yeah. everything I've ever been afraid of is that I'm going to show up to something and not be prepared.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Probably that I'm a crazy person. Oh, girl let's see dreams about what
1: like about missing like a test a final without taking the class i feel like that's common i don't know maybe i'm just like oh these are people who have demanded a high performance from themselves yeah tell me about that
0: i don't appreciate how shady
1: all right washington post i don't even need that from you you don't be coming to me like this reflection of responsibilities
0: stress yeah fear of judgment
1: what a very okay there's a whole article in psychology today about this specific
0: dream (laughs) oh man it's very common oh my god look the google search for that comes right up oh oh the dream is a reminder not to miss an opportunity or take a more uh, active role in one's destiny beating myself up for always being a procrastinator and it's
1: worst case yeah, scenario yeah being a procrastinator but
0: we're feeling like you're taking too long to achieve a goal which is bullshit yeah isn't that wild good god listen here i don't need our dreams shading the shit out of us
1: yeah i don't need that at all i already got enough going on yeah do you want to pull what we what are we pulling from today
0: Oh my gosh. So, listen, y'all, shadow work season is, about, is like all up in it. It's here. As your resident here, you know I can feel that there's something energy long before it arrives. If you feel like um, things are very heavy and you are a hermit crab, you've been asking yourself the question of why am I like this? Frequently throughout the day, embrace shadow season, doing a little deep dive into self. And my favorite um, oracle deck for doing shadow work um, It's called the Lantern Oracle. Wow. This deck is super, super special to me, probably because it's... Uh, most Oracle decks, a lot of people will say, are like bullshit. I hear that, okay? I do. Yes, I receive it. Whatever. But this one is the most on point and one of the most visually beautiful but also emotionally connected decks I've ever worked with because it really is... I really love the way this deck divides the journey of your womanhood into um, the maiden, the mother, the crone, like, moves you through these different stages in your life and just gives these really beautiful, fitting messages. And it's really great for shadow work.
1: Can you tell me a little bit more about shadow work?
0: I'd say the short of it is shadow work is really trying to hold a light to the subconscious or hidden aspects of our personhood and bringing those things to the forefront because there's often places within that landscape where we really need to find healing mm-hmm. and it, to me the subconscious is the 12th house in astrology <laughs> that shadow is not always um, things that it might be dark it might be seemingly dark but in those things are really beautiful opportunities for healing and for being witnessed and being seen for the better I know that I am in a shadow work season examining what my patterns are and how those connect to maybe some previous events from when I was younger or from my childhood or learned behaviors and how those can help or hurt my interpersonal relationships mm. and that and not, and that's not to say like romantic lovers you also calm down but with everyone with my kids with my parents all of it, with other friends So that is shadow work. It doesn't always, it doesn't ever mean, like, to me, some weird, dark nonsense, the way, like, people will paint it out to be. It is the necessary work of asking why we are the way we are. and how we can apply some healing to ourselves and not do any more damage to ourselves or to others.
1: Yeah. So, like, literally the the pieces of ourselves that we try to tuck into those shadows that we are bringing out exactly. into the light
0: that makes sense exactly. Exactly. so this this is a really great resource for that i don't come to this deck every day i come when i know that there are things that i need to unearth so i just want to ask spirit to draw from our collected energy and give us a message as we move into this season of shadow work okay this is radical self-acceptance. You are perceived the way you perceive yourself.
1: This feels incredibly targeted. I hate when spirit is more it's on brand like than this. the for you page algorithm. Okay, this is too much. <laughs> I can already
0: tell and I'm mad about it. I, when I tell you I've been getting shaded all week and I'm like, damn, y'all are really beat my ass a little bit. The relationship you have with yourself informs how you relate to others. The way you see yourself affects how you perceive others and assume how they see you. The expectations you place in yourself are reflected in the disappointments you experience from and the judgments you make upon others. When we only accept the best parts of ourselves, we mirror such conditional acceptance towards others and the world. Drawing this card calls for a time of deep reflection. What is it about yourself that you're rejecting and why? Where did that story come from that suggested something about you was wrong, not good enough, or needed to change? Whose belief was that before it was yours? As you meditate on the answer to these questions, is it negative and oppressive energy that comes up for you? If so, it's okay to breathe. We are ready to proceed with the following writing prompts. They do have some writing prompts here. Make a note of any aspects that you will struggle to accept in yourself. They want you to write a letter. I love that because it's very similar to what we're going to talk about today. Write a letter of gratitude to your shadow parts, letting them know that you appreciate how they have served you and stood by you the only way they knew how. Take them into your heart as they are and celebrate them. As you do this, notice whether any powerful or positive energy comes up for you. If so, good. Breathe deeply into it. And allow all the positive, compassionate, and loving energy to marinate through every atom of your body. Tune in to your voice from your heart center and tune out unsupportive external forces. Allow your body, thoughts, and heart to breathe in tune with your spirit self's beat and vitality so that blessings can reach you. Remember that every perceived rejection, setback, or failure is a lesson forming your pathway to the door that opens. Only you can stop you from walking through. And the guardian's message here is your difference is your blessing and your responsibility to share.
1: Okay. Mm. Okay. I hear it. They're like, so you're talking about inner child work today, huh? We're going to get the ball rolling.
0: Just let me help you out a bit, is what they said. Yeah. Um, that's really beautiful and very fitting, actually, to some personal writing I was doing earlier. Oh. So it's on point. But I love that as a really beautiful segue into our topic this week.
1: Yeah. No, I, I was also talking with my therapist earlier today about pretty much exactly that. And I'm like, oh, this is all very relevant. I think we hear a lot of people talking about inner child, both from a psychology perspective, from a healing perspective, from a more spiritual perspective. And I think this is one of those really interesting places where it's actually pretty aligned from medical psychology and the spiritual understanding of what an inner child is. In my understanding from those different places, it's really the part of us that's been with us since we were born, maybe before we were born. And just that piece of ourselves that's been subconsciously picking up information, picking up cues, patterns, categorizing the information, that in a way that like our human conscious brains can make sense of. From the time you are an infant, if you are crying and there's a certain response to you, or if every time you smell your mother, you know that food comes next, you begin to categorize these things. And there's millions of pieces of information flying at us every day, every second seemingly. So our inner child is using those cues and those pieces of information to form the narratives, the beliefs and the way we see the world as adults. Wow. Is that sort of how you feel? Is that do you have any other differences in how you would describe it, Crystal?
0: That's pretty a pretty comprehensive way to look at it and I think be very accurate my inner child to me always feels like the most unfiltered unadulterated purest version of self which I like to think is our highest self Um, because of those observations because of that data collecting it's like we feel it and we see it um, and recognize it before we even have the language to understand what it is and and
1: before we have the language to
0: judge how we feel about something too exactly it's like we're it's like seeing something truly in its most raw form and experiencing that in the same way
1: and I, I think when you start to get into the fact that as children we may not have always gotten the things that we needed and This is also not to place blame, right? We might just have needed something different than what our caretakers, our providers, the world at large was capable of providing at that time. But that lack of having those things also informs the narratives that we grow up with then and that become our worldview. And I think what's really important to note there is because of the things that we do understand Scientifically about neuroplasticity, it's not too late to change these things. And I think a lot of people do, with whether it's shadow work, whether it's therapy, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. we're using that neuroplasticity and building on that to change those stories, change those beliefs, explore where they're coming from, and maybe changing them a little bit. And that right there for me is the process of reparenting ourselves that we're just like all right let's dig back into this see how we got it yeah maybe how can we tweak
0: that a little bit yeah yes it's interesting i love that you said reparenting to me reparenting is like when people say self-care reparenting is to me is self-care yeah self-care can be body and can care shit like that it can be but reparenting is self-care to me because it's like being a parent is not easy and it doesn't mean that you do the thing that you want to do means you do the thing you have to do and i think that one of the most self-affirming things you can do is ask yourself what you need and give yourself that and for example, that means me not going to bed at midnight. It means I need to go to bed earlier. I'm going to feel like shit. If I don't start like having some care with my sleep hygiene and like building a better routine, I am going to be exhausted. And so that means maybe I need to put some new boundaries in place. Maybe I need to put D&D on my phone at 9 o'clock. Maybe it means I need to turn the TV off by 10 so that I can... Like, wind down, or maybe I don't need to have a TV in the bedroom, or whatever it is. Or if I know that my back is aching a lot because I am, I don't know, not moving my body enough, I'm stiff as fuck. Maybe I, you know, I don't really feel like it, but I should probably stretch before bed. Maybe reparenting is being like, I need to rework my budget. Because some things that I like to do are not necessarily things I can work in the budget.
1: Don't say it.
0: That's mean parenting.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't love you, mom. You're mean. I feel sometimes, like, trying to tell myself, like, no, girl, you can't do that this month.
1: But also, like, I tell my kids this all the time that I'm like, hey, mean mommy is coming through. And mean mommy sometimes knows what's best. Mm-hmm. And is it fun that I tell you that you can't have any screens until homework is done and... Your room is picked up and everything you needed to do is done. No, but I'm going to be a mean mommy and if mean mommy needs to confiscate the iPad because you're sneaking it, I need
0: you to mm-hmm. trust that it is for your benefit. Sometimes we have to mean mommy ourselves and that doesn't mean talking to ourselves like shit. It means being like, "Hey, you got to do something different if you want to feel different." And so, let's form some different habits. Some different methods of self-care that is that are not superficial
1: that is so facts too because I think when we hear mean mommy we think abusive or rude or harsh and I think mm-hmm. that's that line of people talking about gentle parenting it's not permissive parenting it's saying that I'm going to put these boundaries in place and I'm going to hold you to them I'm going to respect you I'm not going to call you names I'm not going to scream at you but there are boundaries, and I'm going to treat you like a human who is worthy of respect because you are a human who's worthy of respect. <laughs> if we could gentle parent ourselves, that's great, too. Seriously. And that's, that's and- what I mean when I say mean mommy. I'm not calling anybody names, although I will call myself names, which is not a good behavior, but I'm not going to do that to my kids.
0: This is why we are where we are here, baby. That's showbiz. That's
1: showbiz, because
0: baby. You act. fit. I love it. But that's how we are. We end up here and talking about this because we could take two routes. We could go like what we think the me mommy is or we can operate from a place of you might not like this but it's for your own good. And it's not like you beating up on yourself. It's you being like no we've got to change some habits around or we have to put some more boundaries in place or we have to lose some and be a little bit more flexible. We'll take a little bit better care of your body because you are stiff everywhere and your joints hurt. Yeah. And maybe there are some things that we don't want to do because it requires a healthy amount of change. And change is really overwhelming in adults too. Yeah. just
1: That's such a like mean mommy moment that you're like, you have one iPad. If you break that iPad, I will not buy you another one. You will have to have no iPad. We have one body. You break that body. I'm not going to buy you another one. You're going to have to work Legit- with what you've got. <laughs> like It's right there. Legitimately.
0: And I think that um, sometimes when you phrase it in those terms, you can hear how much sense it makes. I had a client. She was the most lovely. Like I'll, I'll, the kind of like heart space that is overflowing all the time, uh, which is beautiful. But also if it's like overflowing all the time, with no like, it can flood the areas around it. That's right? Exhausting. It can, oh my god! It can flood others. And the thing is, like, she had a wonderful child who was really like gifted, and in many ways, and particular with sports. And they were always forgetting their equipment. Every time he forgot it, he would call her at work. She would leave work and go home, get the equipment, and bring it to him at school. And she was just so frustrated by this behavior and oh you know, and understand and you know while like venting about this frustration she's like, i basically she feels she also felt bad for him at the same time but she was really frustrated by the fact that he just assumed no matter what she would drop it but yeah. do you drop everything and then go get his equipment and bring it to school she's like yeah i do and i'm like so you're mad at him because you have such a precedence that you're going to do this every time you think that he doesn't appreciate it i said and that might be true but if you don't like this you're going to have to stop because it's not doing him any kind of service to like every time you don't have yourself in order i am going to drop what you're doing because in the real world that just doesn't happen like that right That's not to say that you can't have, like, empathy or help when you're able to or whatever, but to always put yourself out to make sure that they, that you can fix a mistake for them every time doesn't teach them that they are capable of doing it themselves. It teaches them that they need to rely on somebody else, that they cannot do it. Yeah. That's
1: the worst case outcome there is you're actually teaching them to not rely on themselves.
0: Yes. And truthfully like this kid was awesome he absolutely could do it and this is not to say like this is not like a bootstraps narrative like this is this is it's a it's an issue of like boundaries i need you to understand that my work is important that i can't drop my work every time you forget a thing because you were a teenager and you should remember your own equipment if this is if this sport is your life and it's that important to you then you need to prioritize it and remember your stuffs the same way i had to prioritize work because i have bills to pay for all of us you know what i mean yep. it's like showing someone the way in which they can be an adult and that way you are not resentful you know that you always have to help someone who doesn't know or can't see yeah. that like it's not like someone needs help
1: Are explicitly great not. at understanding the nuance there
0: of not at all invisible labor <laughs> Like, yeah. and she was worried about being labeled a mean mom that's why it, yeah. it, it was tangent no,
1: it makes so much you know. sense though I when Dominic was in second grade he started getting homework and he came like the first day and he started to do his homework and I was like here's the deal I'm not going to make you do your homework I'm not going to sit here with you and fight with you like I will if you want me here while you work on it happy to do that if you want me here so you can ask some questions, we can chat about your day while you're working on it. You want me to put up music. I mm-hmm. am happy to help you create the environment, but I will not sit here and scream at you to do it. And he started flipping out. Like he threw his pencil. He knocked his homework over. And I was like, I see you're having real big feels about this. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm going to let you do whatever you need to do. You give me a call when you're ready to get back to it. If you need some help, I'm right in the other room. but I'm not. This is, we have a long lifetime of homework doing to get through together Mm -hmm. and right now the precedent that i will set is not going to be that like we're gonna fight about this every day because i have enough confidence in you that you can do this yourself i know that you are smart you're capable you're on top of your shit i'm like i have faith in you for that i know that i don't need to be here sitting on you to do this because i also remember doing homework as a kid was a battle every day and Ooh, I felt girl. stupid at the end of it. I felt like I wasn't taking it seriously and if I was doing everything wrong, and I was like, "This, I'm not bringing this into my house."
0: I know it. And that's. It, you listen, if your parents have ever screamed at you while you did your homework,
1: like every day, of ever doing math,
0: I didn't know dyscalculia was a thing, but I bet you a bitch had it. And yeah, I'm just gonna say this: it is very difficult to erase the narrative that i came to believe at the hands of my parents helping me with homework
1: and um
0: it's a bummer
1: it comes up every therapy session that it's i'm lazy i'm playing stupid i'm not working hard enough i'm not focusing i'm getting distracted it's not cute to play dumb why are you like these things come up that it's like these you're these are sloppy mistakes it's because you're not trying hard enough these things every day of my life have now become part of my narrative that I tell myself mm-hmm. every day and I it was truly my senior year of high school when I was put into an honors math class that I was like wait I'm good at math and I remember a teacher was like wow. yeah we're putting you in this because you're really good at math and I'm like "No, somehow we got like things mixed up I'm not good at math I'm stupid and I'm lazy and I don't work hard enough and he's just looking at me like what are you like what is what are you talking about? But I was just like, this this can't possibly be. And these mm-hmm. are the narratives that we tell ourselves. And it takes a long time to unlearn these things.
0: Yes, it does.
1: So where does the inner child show up in our life? I know we definitely gave a couple of examples of where we are finding ourselves touching in with our inner child. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I had read this book. It's called Reconciliation. It's super good. It's really short called reconciliation healing the inner child i'll include that in the show Mm -hmm. notes but the author gives a really interesting example where he's talking about refugees fleeing from where they grew up coming to another land maybe it was a really dangerous voyage across the water they get to safety they're living this new life where the danger of that does not exist anymore They can still Mm. tap into those feelings. They can still tap into those memories. And if somebody brings it up, they can still tap right into it. And then he was talking about there might be like you might have a a picture of the ocean. And it's just a picture. A picture cannot hurt you. You are not in danger. But like when someone looks at this picture, they can physically feel those sensations of danger, Mm. of fear. They can hear the voices. They can hear everything they went through. We still physically feel that danger when we tap into these things and it's because we hold on to the experiences because that person who we were at the time is still inside us right yeah we have those moments and just thinking about yeah a picture is not dangerous but I know there's pictures I can see and it's of a moment in time and I'm like it throws you right back there because maybe we didn't fully deal with these things that we were going through at the time and we just put it away put the picture away don't look at it don't think about it
0: wow i can see that for sure it's no it's like opening up a like a memory box of things that you just don't think you're like oh yeah i remember that but to say you remember something and then to see it something about seeing a picture or like hearing a song or having a smell like that limerence or something like that feels so real and it's jarring And I think, obviously, that's the thing that, in many situations when people have, like, PTSD and stuff like that, it brings all of that to the forefront. And you're like, ooh, like, what? You know, especially with some of the childhood stuff, like you said, it's like, we thought we dealt with it. And here it is creeping back up again. And it's never going to have a difference. It's always going to be, like, a little bit triggering, right? But, like, how we deal with it, I think, is, like, how we deal or how we heal the inner child. It's like learning different ways to deal with it when those things come up.
1: I am having, in real time, illegit, <laughs> like a breakthrough a little bit. So I always say I am sensitive and I am not sentimental. I don't keep things. I don't cling to things. I don't have toys from when I was a kid. Like anytime my mom would be like, oh, here's a box of things to go through. I'm like, throw it out. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't keep anything. And I can remember having this dress and waking up one morning and being like, I need to get rid of it. I can't look at it. I can't see it. I can't even put it into a bag. I need to just get rid of it because like a thing that happened while I was wearing it. And it's I will not allow myself to hold on to souvenirs, memories, because they're so physically in these things, I'm like maybe I'm not just Marie Kondoing my life. Maybe I'm just like running from potential triggers. Shit! Mm. I shouldn't have gotten rid of all that stuff. <laughs> oh man!
0: First of all, that's huge. That's huge, and you know I'm glad that you're sharing that because it's worth examining. Like when you're ready, that's a huge thing. I love to get rid of shit. I will throw any fucking thing away. And I think it's, and I'm a cancer. So like everyone says, "No, cancers are a little hordy because we're very, we are very sentimental. And I do keep some things. There's a lot of shit. I don't, I'm just like, get rid of it. It doesn't serve any purpose. Get rid of it. I also think there is a little bit
1: of the millennial response to boomer parents who hang on to a lot of stuff. I think there is a little bit of that at work here. So I won't say it's all just me refusing to do yeah. all that stuff. But wow, that's a whole thing. That's amazing. Thank you for oh. this free therapy breakthrough. I didn't even have to pay my therapy copay for that one. So thank you.
0: Oh, honey, that's all you. <laughs> that's an but that's what a like what amazing self awareness. And I'm just glad that you feel safe enough to like allow that to even come to the forefront. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, on the class. So while we're talking about like getting rid of shit, there's stuff and then there's memories. I feel like there's a chunk of shit that I don't remember very well at all. I remember specific the same like couple of events. There's a lot of stuff I remember or i don't want to look at, whatever. And sometimes when I feel a little trigger trig. And I don't know like where it comes from. I'm like, oh, I bet you're like locked away in there somewhere. Like it's it's all connected. But I think that what happens when we start to like square away some of that stuff, the stuff, physical stuff, and the memories and some of the emotional stuff is that we take with it some of the good things about being a kid too. And I think it's how we very easily allow like the tiny hater voice to take over. And be more dominant, or we forget how to connect, like the creative parts of ourselves, how to voice our needs and things like that. I feel like that's the stuff that gets buried along with some of the other stuff that we might not want to look at.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to start to unpack those things. It definitely feels like it could be dangerous to open that box when you don't know what's there. And I will not shame anybody who's just, yeah, no. I can't go there. Sorry. (laughs) Because that's where I'm spending a lot of time right now. I don't know. Mm. Maybe there's good stuff in there, too. Maybe you're right.
0: I had to look very deep for implicit EMDR. I had to think, like, very hard. And I noticed I was able to pull out a couple things. And, like, three or four things that I could think of. My sister was, like, a part of them. And one of them being, like, her making me, you're so fat, Oreo milkshake, like, after school, like, before my mom got home, like, a shit ton of Oreos, and then ice cream, like, and milk. It's just, like, a lactose bomb when to go off. That is,
1: honestly, I know that we all would be, like, my inner fat kid as well, I yes, love that, but the sweetness of that being, like, nourishment. Yeah. From your sister mm-hmm. who is truly nourishing you. Was it the most nutritious thing? Absolutely not. But that yeah. is probably like. How many ways did she have to show you. She cared about you. And totally. Making you the snack is like. How she could in that moment. And of course that sticks with you. That is so special.
0: Yeah. Big time. Like that. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite memories. Um, I I feel like I can almost hear the blender. Uh, and like playing super mario brothers with her on the nintendo right when it came out and like we had a very specific way we would play with each other <laughs> like when it was her she always made me be luigi because she sucks and she's the older sister she's eight years older than me i was like luigi fucking sucks i hated it she would literally sit in my ear while i was playing and be like psych <laughs> and i would do it to her like that our our character would die like those things like they crack me up and so it, but it took me like a minute to like pull them back out again and i was so glad when i did it because it just like mm. they cracked me up and so it's unfortunate that with a lot of the stuff that we have trouble with that we bury like those things that like are really joyful just pack
1: the whole thing up we don't have time to, to sh- yeah shake it out like a
0: picnic see. blanket just like the trash again yeah yeah yeah
1: that's really I love that I love that you're able to get some of those out of there did you ever read the story 11 by Sandra Cisneros it's a very short story you probably read it. no okay
0: I've read I've read something else by her is it is she author of house on mango street yes yeah okay I read that um but I have not read this I am going to read it though because you didn't mention it earlier
1: I put a link up but I'll just read the first paragraph it says what they don't understand about birthdays and what they never tell you is that when you're 11 you're also 10 and 9 and 8 and 7 and 6 and 5 and 4 and 3 and 2 and 1 and when you wake up on your 11th birthday you expect to feel 11 but you don't you open your eyes and everything's just like yesterday only it's today and you don't feel 11 at all you feel like you're still 10 and you are underneath the year that makes you 11. like some days you might see something stupid and that's the part of you that's still 10. Or maybe some days you need to sit on your mama's lap because you're scared and that's the part of you that's five. And maybe one day when you're all grown up, maybe you'll need to cry like if you're three and that's okay. That's what I tell mama when she's sad and needs to cry. Maybe she's feeling three. So it goes on and it's a beautiful story. And this is one of the few childhood memories. I remember reading this and it must have been in fourth grade. And I remember reading it as you're 11 now. Don't be a baby. Don't be three. Push that part away and be 11. And it was only rereading it as an adult that I was like, I got that so fucking wrong. Wow. It's all in there. And I'm like, of course it's in there. And the beauty of that is you can feel three. You don't need to respond in that way. You can choose to respond as 11 or 22 or 37 or 45. You can choose a different response, but the rest of that is Mm. still in there, and that's okay. And I, the second we started talking about like inner child work and this sort of thing, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that story. And it's just, I think everyone should read it. It's a great short little story.
0: Oh man. That's beautiful. That's
1: such a good one. I think
0: because we're always in such a rush to grow up, we should see, we do a lot of like letting our childhood person talk for us probably in the wrong ways but like what about those ways
1: yeah what what is that seven year old feeling right now Cause that seven year old's still there what's she feeling how she, like how would she respond to this she might be looking at you be like i, I don't know how to respond to this you're the 37 year old you figure it out that's okay too like you don't have your shit together and you
0: are 40 girl like
1: <laughs> the other place that i think that this has really come top of mind for me lately you are going to be like, you're insane. This is stupid, crazy, wild, Taylor Swift, Swifty nonsense. But it did come up for me watching that Eras tour. And here's why. I swear I have a point. So trust me on this one. She introduces the concert and she's like, we're going to go on a journey of 17 years of making music, these 10 albums. It's been amazing, blah, blah. And she's playing some of those old songs from her first albums that she wrote when she was in ninth grade. And I started thinking, what was I writing in ninth grade? It would have been so cringy. I would have slammed the door on that stuff so quickly. Not 17 years later, been walking around and being like, let me tell this story. Let me sing this for you. Let me be proud of this. And with each era, she is introducing herself as a new artist. She's creating new things. And yes, I'm saying this through the lens of this one artist, but it's all of us. We've all become different people at different points in our lives. But I think it's so powerful that communally, we were able to sit in this show and watch someone take pride in what they created and maybe who who they're not anymore, but be like, this is who I was in this moment. And this is what came out of it. And it's not me anymore, but I could still polish that up and let it shine and let it speak for itself. And that's okay. And I I don't know, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet to be able to do that and enjoy that. Yeah, because I would
0: have no grace for ninth grade me.
1: No, oh my gosh, I would, I can guarantee that anything I wrote in ninth grade has long been thrown out. And now me regressed that. I wonder what I was thinking. I wonder what was in those journals from ninth grade. I wish that Mm -hmm. I had a little bit more compassion for that.
0: Man see not... i i wouldn't mind looking well i do have a box of like notes and stuff like that i might have to go through it i might have to go through it and take a gander that's so scary to open, it's probably but... dumb stuff but stuff that's funny this... i feel like i was probably really funny there's this girl on
1: tiktok who reads entries from her old diaries for when she was in middle school and high school and it's so funny every time she reads one, i'm like She's so dramatic, but I love everything about it because it's just such a <laughs> universal experience of being in seventh grade and being like, Math is so stupid. I hate it. I'm bigger I than math. math.
0: I just I love it. Sounds like something I would absolutely say as well. Yeah. So Yeah. Wow. See, I'm gonna make a Swifty yeah. out of you
1: yet. or just gonna I don't know. We're go- I'm going with the slow infiltration. Just a little bit under the skin. Oh, no. I just... you're in your skeptical oh, era. That's okay
0: i don't know listen it depends on how high you get me
1: we'll see but all right blondie's coming for you one you these you... all right so i guess the point is when you hear what i call my tiny hater voice in my head i've talked about my tiny hater before i think it really is just a matter of take a second and listen and try to decide who's talking there is it actually that external hater and a voice that we've Embodied and taken into ourselves, and we could really do to get rid of it? Or is it just yourself as a scared child? And what is it looking for? If it's just little you being like, hey, I don't know, if this is a really big thing. Maybe this is too much for us. Maybe we can't do it. How are we talking to ourselves? Like, how can we talk to that? Are we just brushing it off and saying, shut up, you stupid idiot? You're so dumb. Of course, like you think that. Or do we say, hey, you're really scared right now because this feels really big for you? but we got this. You're okay. I'm not scared right now. You can be scared. We got this. I'm in control here. And I don't know, just showing that voice a little more compassion instead of just being so quick to try to silence it.
0: Yeah, you have to to do that in order to be the adult that your childhood self really needed in the moment. And that's difficult to do, especially when you don't have a lot of examples of that or you know you're not familiar with how to be good to yourself and I think asking like though what I what did I need in that moment kind of question is the one of the most centered ways you can approach it we might not know exactly how to respond to ourselves and what we need right off the bat but if we can just say you felt really sad about this but what could what would have made you feel better in that moment Would it have just been someone witnessing you? Would it have been someone like, hey, you need to rest? Hey, you should lie down. You should eat something and you should go for a walk. You should cream into this pillow, but allow yourself to explore the things that feel good so that you are familiar with what feels right um, and how you can get in touch with that part of yourself.
1: Yeah, that's such a great point. And I know we talk about this a lot coming at it from our experience as mothers but i think if you could think Mm -hmm. if there's any child that trusts you you don't have to be a parent to say if there's a scared child coming up to me and asking me for help or expressing their fear that's a big deal for somebody to trust you enough to express being afraid how would you respond to them Mm -hmm. i think even the fuck out of here (laughs) even the toughest people i think if a scared child came up to them on the street and expressed fear Even the biggest hardened person is not going to be like, get the fuck out of here, you stupid little bitch. Everybody's going to be like, you might be like, where's your mommy? (laughs) Where's somebody else that can deal with this? Well, you're going to show compassion.
0: Yeah. That's important to do. Approach your childhood self with a compassionate heart and with less judgment and just a little bit more empathy. Yeah, There also is some bravery to be had around that. It takes a lot of bravery for you to respond from a place that you think might be better but you're not sure of because you haven't experienced it instead of responding to yourself in the way that you know, which is probably to enforce some of those old narratives that we're already familiar with that are harmful and hurtful. If you were growing up not feeling heard.
1: Refusing Mm -hmm. to hear that now is not going to make it go away. It's just going to keep it coming up more and more.
0: Boy, oh boy.
1: (laughs) So if you want that scared little inner voice to shut up, maybe listen to it once in a while and let it know that it's heard and it's okay. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let it get angry or let it say what needs to be said. And if you feel like you're not in a place uh, where you're safe to do that, oh man yeah then talk to me about it
1: that's when you're like <laughs> i'm coming back for you baby i'm gonna come back for you we, we don't have time for this right now we're gonna we're gonna circle back and i we will there is a cardboard box at home that is going to be very satisfying to kick when we get there but you just gotta hang in there a little angry 12 year old angsty vienna like she i got a box to kick across the room with your name on it <laughs> I love (laughs) kicking a cardboard box. It is just something about it. It gets air. It's great. I love it. Highly recommend it.
0: Makes a good sound too. Yeah. I think the final piece
1: of it too is like, just how did we learn to cope as a kid? How did we learn to express our feelings? Was it safe to express our feelings? Did we learn that we had to perform certain emotions for others' benefits, right? Did we have to really ramp up the excitedness even when it wasn't connecting and we weren't feeling it? We have to hide fear or discomfort. And -hmm. I think a lot of the time, if you start looking at, that's where you do start to find that thread connecting it to, how are you responding now? A lot of the time, you have to be really intentional to change these learned behaviors and learned responses. And it takes a really long time.
0: It does. And and I want to acknowledge that it is very hard for you to hang in there and do something different than what you know. And I am saying that the only way I have been able to stick with it is to fake it until I make it. There are many a time where I've been in the process of trying to rewire those pathways, right? And tell myself, hey, this old narrative is no longer serving. Let's start to rewrite it. And it felt like months or years before I could be like, yeah, I do believe that about me. It takes a long time, but fake it until you make it. Because... I can assure you that the narrative that you have of yourself where you are lazy or difficult or too much or whatever it is that kind of, that rocks you or that triggers you, um, it takes a long time to rewire that and to replace it with the narrative of I'm brave or I can do difficult things without losing my shit. What I have to say is valid. It's okay for me to be angry and express that. I'm still going to be loved, even if I'm imperfect. Like it takes a long time. Fake it until you make it. At some point in time, you will get to this point where you're like, oh, "I know I'm right." Like you're gonna, you're gonna get to that moment, and it happens incrementally, but it does happen.
1: That is such a great point because neuroplasticity is a beautiful thing, but also we are trying to rewire thousands, hundreds of thousands of these neural pathways that had been formed over the past 20 or 30 years. And we can, right? It can. It's going to take time. And you might make a little progress and then feel yourself slipping slipping back a little bit because it's a lot Mm -hmm. to unpack and unlearn, but it really does get easier the more you do it. In previous episodes, we've talked about being present, getting grounded, using affirmations. These are all different ways that you can actively Rewire those pathways to something that you're choosing instead, something that's more positive, more uplifting, and is going to help you have the experience you want to have. But yeah, like Crystal says, it takes so much time.
0: Be patient with yourself.
1: I I feel like this goes for everything we ever say on any episode ever. But like, this work, if it's feeling like you're not safe to do it, if you're not comfortable, if it's too hard, you don't have to do it alone. Then this doesn't replace therapy with professional or like professional mental health help. So if that's what you need, there's no shame going that route with it as well. And that's great. You can do two things simultaneously. You can work on this more spiritual side and you can also work with a therapist. But if it feels too hard and too scary, you don't have to do it alone. All right, so talking through some of the action items of how to get moving through this. We already said getting present and grounded, affirmations, great ways to get started. We already said also really intentionally pause for a moment when you hear that voice. See who it is. See if it's like just your tiny hater or if it's your inner child. And just take a second before you respond really quickly and be like, oh, no, here's how I want to respond. And if it's that tiny hater, tell him to fuck off. That's fine. But if that's little, you don't need to tell them to fuck off just yet.
0: Yeah. Part of me is yeah, time to fuck off. No, just don't kidding. Don't do that. You suck. <laughs> You're so bad at kickball. That I could man. run so much faster than you.
1: Your legs are so <laughs> short. My God. Look at
0: your dumb tiny leg.
1: You want to race across a pool? Okay, I have way better lung capacity than you, idiot.
0: <laughs> roast be- your inner child. So no, don't, don't do that. Inner child. <laughs>
1: that was in percent kick their ass right now that is factually 100 percent true obviously one that i really Um. like is make play date with your inner child so for me that would look like finding things that i really enjoyed as a kid who did i want to be ginger spice Mm -hmm. from the spice girls
0: my god i can so see that oh my god i loved her
1: but yeah Maybe I think it's really cool to order a sparkly Union Jack mini dress and giant platform boots on Amazon and stomp around my house wearing them. And nobody can stop me because I have grown up money and my own shipping address and my own Amazon account. And I should be able to do that. And you know what? My inner 11-year-old is going to think that's really fucking cool. And maybe that's how I want to have a play date with my inner child.
0: Absolutely. And let me tell you what. Hot off the heel, hot on the heels of that conversation we had about dressing up like Harry Potter and being weird and what, um, and like us having a really great example of what we believe cosplay really is, which is if you haven't seen it, just Google the person that went as what was it the Pope, but also Pitbull. Like, I don't even know. Oh my gosh! Yes, we got it. We'll put it in Go the show notes. That. Just it's look at the, the best TikTok, TikTok okay? I've ever seen. We got it. We get when people cosplay. We totally get it. It's it and, and it is such a big deal for your inner child and i love that and listen do i think that the whole harry potter thing is a lot i do okay but do i get it and do i strongly encourage you to dress up as your favorite whatever do that i love like when people are dressed up for comic-con and all of these other. it's just amazing to me because if i were a kid and i saw adults doing stuff like that i'd be like oh thank god that like we still have fun sometimes. Right?
1: Oh, my God. You know? Yes. Oh, my God. I think about how many times my oldest recently has asked me, like, is it fun to be a grown up? Is it fun to drive a car? Is it fun to do get this? out here? And, like, my first inclination is always be, like, no. But I've had to really catch myself when he says it. And I'm always, like, I get to spend my whole day with you guys. Of course it's fun. You three are so fun. And I'm, like, <laughs> Is it a little bit lying through my teeth? Is it a little fake it till you make it? Yeah, absolutely. But also, (laughs) that's what I would have needed to hear as a kid. And I think if I start saying that, maybe I can find a little bit more of the fun in the day. Maybe I can be a little more silly and tap into what it feels like to be, I I won't say two, because I think judging by spending time with a two-year-old, it feels like a really bad acid trip inside of a blender. But mm-hmm. what does it feel like to be six and to feel eight and to have fun and to play? I'm like, maybe there is fun there.
0: And I it... feel like delighted by anything, like yeah. so... by the simplest, silliest stuff.
1: Sometimes it is fun to drive a car because you can put your music really loud and you get to go to the Taco Bell <laughs> drive through whenever you want. <laughs> That's Oh, fun. my God.
0: That's the stuff life is made of. Okay. Taco
1: Bell drive through Hell yeah. There's this. Mm. Okay. I... Total tangent here, but this is why you're here listening to this podcast. I've pavloved myself into getting Taco Bell every time I go to yoga. It started because when I was doing my night class, it was from six to nine, which is like prime dinner time. And on my way home, the only thing that would still be open for drive through was Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. So now I've really convinced myself that every time I do yoga, I get to go to Taco Bell. But now I've developed this weird relationship with the guy who works at my Taco Bell. And I think he's – it's a whole thing. Like, I can't decide if he's just really interesting and, like, interested in everything or if he's always, like, really fucking high out of his mind. He always (laughs) has a lot of questions about, like, where I was, what I was doing, where I'm going next. Like, he's just, like, really curious. And I'm, like, trying to be polite. Now, every time I go, I'm, like, a simple creature A Taco Bell. I love a crunchy beef taco supreme. So I get like the number one, which is three of them. Now, every time I go, he gives me three of the we'll make it right coupons that you can give them for a free taco.
0: So what you're saying is he is an angel in the drive through. He is providing like, you with free Taco Bell ticket.
1: I don't know much about this boy. I don't know how old he is. I hope he never gets fired. I don't think he's very good at his job because he always fucks up my orders but he also he's probably like i got this
0: baddie yoga mom in the drive-thru
1: look at this i'm hitting shorter
0: with all these coupons
1: i am like a baller i have a giant stack of them because like god i don't know if it's worth really cashing them in on my number they're sending
0: those shits down here damn it
1: i'm like i don't know i don't think i get my money's worth if i cash them in on a number one combo because you can use them for anything you can't like crunch wrap supreme no
0: this has to be a day i was to say this has to be a day where like you're getting like a cheesy gordia crunch or like yeah something or, or like a mexican pizza yeah 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 for show. Sure. like wait till you, you and jimmy have like a road trip and then roll in that drive through and drop that coupon oh and no be like for to- me and my family
1: i can't do that for my taco bell boyfriend i don't want him to know that there's like <laughs> a whole family shout out home. to the taco bell boyfriend <laughs> talk about oh boyfriend. my god yeah i'll see him. i'll see him i love it. i'll see him i'll check in with him see how it's going
0: i love that for you
1: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah All right, right, so your challenges for the week. A little bit of the action items that we discussed, but Crystal, you want to walk us through how we're challenging the rest of us?
0: I love this first one. Saving a picture of the little you in your phone or putting it in your bag or print it out, hang it on your fridge. Put like a little picture of you at your desk or something like that where you can see it often. In the places where you often feel self-doubt or maybe even a little anxiety or when that um, tiny tyrant voice kicks in and just leave it there as a reminder to give yourself some grace and a little bit more TLC. so much. And I'm going to do that. That's so
1: sweet. Yeah. I love that.
0: I had heard, and I wish I could remember
1: who it was, but there was a someone who recently did a stint on Broadway and they said that they put a picture of themselves as a little girl on the mirror in their dressing room. So yeah. every day yeah. when they looked and were getting ready, they could look at themselves as a little girl and be like, we fucking did it. Look where we are. Like this, look what I did for us. Look where we, look where I got us. And I was like, oh, I love I that, love that so, much. so much.
0: Yeah, I do. I love that so much. There's something very sweet about holding that version of yourself close. As you move, as you like accomplish goals. Because sometimes like things get really hard and you. We don't remember the why. And part of that is like for our inner child. I often believe I why we keep going or why we work really hard. Why we want to achieve certain goals. Be who we are when we grow up. Because we have envisioned that for ourselves. And it becomes important, you know, for a lot of us. So I love that very much. It just keeps you and your little self at the forefront so that you know your why and you can always be grounded in that yeah and i know the example that i
1: gave was like somebody on broadway which is such a big thing that like most of us will never see but huge if you could look and be like look what i did for us i got us a secure safe home i made us a meal that is nourishing look what i did for us those little things i bet to scared little you." are not little things either those are the big oh, things man. look at our they're huge home. look at the taco bell drive-thru I just brought home <laughs> your girl just got a milkshake because she could yeah she's lactose intolerant yeah. but that's okay I can do anything I Ugh. want I'm a grown-up I could drink soda for breakfast those things are the things that I think seven-year-old Vienna would be very impressed with. I could just have a soda for breakfast if I wanted to
0: and that you didn't beat yourself up about it because you knew it was delicious
1: yeah i be like no this is for you, seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. This one's for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that. Oh, uh,
1: Yeah. So part two of your challenge, because I think you should do all of these things. I think they're actually all really beautiful. Write a letter to yourself as a child. Tell yourself what you wish somebody would have told you back then. Maybe it's something specific that you needed to hear at a certain age. Maybe it's just the thing you just, it took you until you were 35 or 40 to figure out that, that you needed to know. And maybe it's not a letter. Maybe that's not your style. Maybe it's a video or a voice memo. But just talk to yourself. Talk to your inner child mm-hmm. and let them know what you know now and how they get through it and how maybe how you get from point A to point B. I'm not going to say to Z because we're not at Z. We've got a long way to go. But what are, the, what are those stops? What are those learnings? And how are you now as an adult supporting that inner child
0: through it? What reassurance. I love that. Oh, So our final is an an echo of one of the action items. And that was make a play date with your inner child. And so to that point, reconnecting with your favorite childhood activities. Like what a huge way of allowing your inner child a little bit more free reign in your day to day life. What were the things that you loved to do? I used to love swimming any body of water really that is clean and like refreshing was my favorite loved going to the pool I loved going to the beach and that's something that I want to be more intentional about like reconnecting with rereading your favorite books visiting a theme park and yes even you people who go to Disney like eight times a year great great job on your childhood hearing okay you definitely are tapping into something there um Playing video games. What are these things that you love? And allow yourself some time every week to escape there. Every day, if you're able to, but if every week you can make some time to say, I need to visit this part of my childhood itself that brought me a lot of joy. And I understand that for a lot of people, it might be hard to remember some of the things that you really love to do. You're like, I don't really know. I, I didn't really do this. Some people lately, like you don't have those things. And that's when I say, like in that case, try everything try everything that you wanted to try or that looks interesting to you or that maybe gives you a little spark or uh, makes you curious because you never know what you might awaken in yourself when you dive into that look for me i am not good by any means but watercolor from time to time and i think it's just a really nice way for me to get out of my head a little bit um or be still and be quiet without like ruminating and like producing anxiety. Um, there's something really, really lovely about that. Try a few different things and see what lights you up. And I know a lot of people who have like very cool ways of connecting with their inner child. Like the writing, podcasting, like photography, all of those things, artwork. Um, and I just love when people like rediscover something that they really like that just like embodies their childhood and when they allow themselves to to have that time and not feel bad about it and and not need to look at it as productive but just something that you do for you for your spirit
1: yeah I think it's such a good call out that sometimes it's really hard to remember what those things are about a year and a half ago when I really started actively it was like two years ago now but when I really started down this, like, healing path for me, I remember telling my therapist, I was like, I don't even know what I like. I don't know who I am. I've lost all of that. And the, one of the first places I refound it is, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this without sounding like a giant weirdo, walking through supplies at Staples. I was such a school supply girly. Oh, my. I didn't need a talent, didn't need a skill, didn't need a hobby. I didn't even need to start tapping into those things right away. Yeah, I just needed yeah. to walk through staples. I'm like, look at all the pens and pick out like a fun eraser. And like, it was a, like like an instantaneous flashback of touching it and being like, oh, I used to love doing this. I used to fantasize mm-hmm. about what trapper keeper I was going to get and pick my Lisa Frank that was like that was it and I loved it and once you do start to reconnect and find those little ways in the other things they come back too. you start to be like oh my gosh yes I loved I love dancing can I just dance around my room for 20 minutes and is it going to feel really Mm -hmm. stupid for the first 18 of them absolutely but that's really fun too or can I just color can I it doesn't have to be a huge ordeal. It might get there. Maybe one day I'll be like, oh, my God, I have this whole routine. Yeah, and I love it. But maybe you just put on some music and dance around like you're silly or maybe you put on a bathing suit mm-hmm. and some high heels and you pretend that you're Beyonce and like a single play dress female. up Right? Like, and dress there's up. There's a reason that yeah. kids love to play dress up and it's because it allows you to tap into different pieces of yourself. So do that. Play dress up. Do your hair. Do makeup. Find a YouTube tutorial. Anything. Just start trying shit. You have to be intentional to set aside that time and say, all right, this one's for you. I'm taking this play date with my little inner child.
0: Mm -hmm. It's easy to get distracted if we're not being intentional about it. Yeah, I the Nintendo actually is a thing that recircled like it came back around for me. We have a Nintendo Switch, and the kids and I really bonded over Animal Crossing during the pandemic. Our our island is, like, all but abandoned now because then we discovered, like, that you can actually play, like, classic Nintendo games. And I am just so proud that my kids love Super Mario Brothers, that they love Sonic that they love kirby and like those games because it makes me think of my sister and those like happy memories and i know that enzo and javi will have that as well like with each other even though they fight a lot and i'm like i'm gonna throw this switch in the trash if you don't Oh my god i
1: threatened to throw that switch away at least twice a week and i'm like i don't even care i'm crazy i'll
0: throw it out I will I like will. that's a oh, thing yeah. that's an unhinged part of me that like yeah I'll admit it needs a little healing I'll throw that shit in the trash and be and like the next day I'll be mad yeah. that I
1: in the moment it, like a $400 item it would feel so justified oh, you'd it. feel so good at the moment yeah it takes a little bit toxic time. and for <laughs> all the other young, follow us
0: for more toxic parenting tips <laughs>
1: listen this ain't the healing happy hour anymore this is like the unhinged petty <laughs> hour but if All the younger siblings out there like Crystal and myself want a little bit of validation and a redemption arc. Go ahead and play your kids Mm -hmm. in Mario Kart because you know what? They're real bad and you get to beat them because you're a grown up. That's right. And they don't know yet. That's right. They don't know. Hashtag
0: inner child healing. Inner child healing.
1: Bully. An actual child. (laughs) don't do that but they don't don't do that that, y'all it takes them like a little while to learn that you can't just like floor the gas a second the countdown starts you will spin out before like on Mario Kart yeah Yeah. they don't know that yet
0: but yes please go play a game like indulge yourself be intentional about giving yourself that time try not to think of it as oh I could be doing a it doesn't matter what you could be doing allow your inner child to just exist for a moment free of judgment and Have some fun. Yeah. I hope somebody decides to go after
1: their childhood dream of mastering beatboxing. Because that was like really a thing when we were kids. And I didn't know anybody who was good at it. But I do know a lot of people who said they wanted to be good at it. So if anybody out there is looking for something that they want to explore, I suggest beatboxing. And please create a TikTok of your journey to mastery of
0: beatboxing
1: and just send me the videos because i just really want to see that i want to laugh at it a little bit but like in a really
0: i i want to see it send it to send it asap to the inbox or if you can also film a video of you teaching your son how to make a paper football yeah and be a distraction in class that could be healing as well did just said like just share with us did your
1: school did they play that game with the sporks where you fold the end of the plastic spork and then whack each other's the boys like all played this where they would have to whack the spoon part of the spork and the first person who was totally gone all the boys got to flick their hands with the plastic spork i don't think that's a good one to open the door to again but, but who am i if that's your go find your bliss i guess if that's what's going to light you up go for it but i just i would advise finding other options
0: i don't think i don't think we did that No, but the boys did fl- the footballs and we did and hobby calls on chatter boxes and i'm like what i've never heard them call it chatter, the but like
1: tellers yeah yeah
0: i don't know what happened but like second grade was a defining year in which they were all making them And I was like, wow, I was at least in sixth grade before I was predicting like the future with my fortune teller. If
1: you, if anybody out there went to PS 279, shout out Canarsie back in the day, and you remember playing that Spork thing, please let me know. I want to know if it's still going on too, if you like have any connections to the area now.
0: Let us know if you're like an investment broker and you do this in the lunchroom at T. Rowe Price or or whatever.
1: That is like some primo investment broker kind of bullshit. Alright. Yeah. This has been so beautiful. My inner child yeah. is real fired up. My inner child wants house, to go bake yeah. some cookies. I think.
0: Oh, huh? I baked cookies on Sunday. I forgot to tell you that. And then we watched two movies. We watched Elemental and The Haunted House and it was so cute. Was The Haunted House one scary? Too
1: scary for the kids.
0: Not like scary for you as an adult. I mean, I'm mean and I made Javi watch it. Enzo didn't even battle off. He was like, whatever. Javi was like, I just need to cuddle after that. Oh. I know he's so cute I didn't think it was bad but like a child who's not my child might be like more scared all right I liked it okay I want to
1: watch it it looks cute all right thank you so much I we are still working on getting that patreon up we'll keep you posted Mm -hmm. but there is a really good little bonus feature for this episode that will also go up there as soon as that's up so we'll keep you in the loop on that yeah crystal where can the people find you
0: Find me at Temple Honey Healing on Instagram right now, and also look for some really nice prompts. By the way, in our ID, okay, oh. in the Healing Happy Hour Pod ID. So I'm just curious about the ways that you connect, um, but let me know there. Let me know at Temple Honey Healing, and I hope you all have the most blessed week.
1: Yeah, yeah. Find us there. You can find me at Globe Inside Out on IG hang out with us at Healing Happy Hour Pod on TikTok and on Instagram and on our Patreon when we get that going because there's going to be good stuff. One
0: day. Yeah. Alright.
1: I love you guys. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us at the Healing Happy Hour. Subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss a single episode. We're dropping wisdom and
0: foolishness every Thursday and we want you here with us. See you next week.